This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin'. Welcome to the Troll Patrol Live. It's a freaking Super Bowl edition. I'm going to keep you company if you're like me and you don't really care about the sporty ball very much. I have, I have in the past, apparently my mic's a little hot. I have in the past taken off from the show to watch the halftime show. Uh, I think I did that the year that Dr. Dre was the halftime performer. I think we, we, we were on early. That's what happened. I did an early show. And then I went and got Sparkles, and Sparkles and I came back to my place, and we watched Dr. Dre, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar. Oh, that is, um, that is Dana Loesch. Flash. Good evening, by the way. That, I don't remember, oh, uh, I, I know that it's on... Uh, the YouTube somewhere, like, Dommy Mommy Dana is, like, the name of the video. And I don't remember what it was that inspired that graphic uh, that I put in the thumbnail and what, what the story was over. But apparently, like, Dana Loesch got kinky or said something about some kinkiness. Or maybe I went on a rant about how she looks like she's a dom. Maybe something like that. But that's it. She's doming the troll, which is, you know, the avatar for me. <laughs> Before Charlie Kirk pops up and says, you live in sexual anarchy. I thought you were talking about something that happened on the Super Bowl or something. A brunette bent over. It took me, it took me a second to figure out what was going on. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome. Meat cakes. Good evening. So this is the first of two nights this week where if you do not participate in the festivities, I will keep you company. If you do not care about the foot, the football that is on tonight, I'll hang out with you. We'll find out what that news be doing and we'll kill some time together. If you are like me and will not be going out on some fancy schmancy date on Wednesday night, you can come. We'll find out what that news be doing. I promised a a lighter show and already have stories set up for Wednesday night. We're going to do a special Wednesday night edition. Valentine's Troll Patrol. It's already up on the YouTube. Warlord, do you guys celebrate Valentine's over in, in England? Is that a thing? Is that, a, is that an American holiday or does the whole world do that bullshit? I feel like Hallmark invented it. Oh, let, let me tell you what's gonna let me tell you what's gonna go on tonight. Why am I an idiot for asking that? What like fucking like there's some like deep lore behind fucking Valentine's Day or some shit. Here's your meme of the day. Whenever Taylor Swift's not on screen, everyone should be asking, where's Taylor Swift? Who the fuck is St. Valentine? Who's this St. Valentine and what did he do? Probably raped some kids. 
Apparently I fucked up the name. A third century Roman saint commemorated in Western Christianity on February the 14th and in Eastern Orthodoxy on July 6th. From the high Middle Ages, his Saints Day has been associated with the tradition of courtly love. He is also a patron saint of termy, epilepsy, and beekeepers. <laughs> the, pa- the patron saint of courtly love is also the patron saint of epilepsy. <laughs> St. Valentine was a clergyman, either a priest or a bishop in the Roman Empire, who ministered to persecuted Christians. He was martyred and his body buried on the Via Flaminia on February the 14th. So this is the day the motherfucker was martyred. This is the day we, we give each other chocolates and flowers. It's been observed as the Feast of St. Valentine since at least the 8th century. Well, we learned something tonight. I've fulfilled my obligation. Where's Poochie? (laughs) I love this episode. I love this episode. Well, I think this is one of the divisive ones, isn't it? As I understand it. Someone else should be asking, where's Taylor Swift? Fucking celebrate your boy on February 14th. Be sure to give somebody a titty slap. A titty slap! (laughs) (laughs) Come on now. Live in sexual anarchy. So St. Valentine did not die in vain. You live in sexual anarchy? I've already got stories set up. I've already got stories put together for this Wednesday night show, but that's getting ahead. That's putting the cart in front of the the horse. What are we going to talk about tonight? There was a Nigerian... First of all, Taylor has arrived at the Super Bowl safely. But a Nigerian banker did not arrive at the Super Bowl safely. Apparently, his helicopter crashed. Socks! I did not tell you to do that. Buddy, you're getting on my nerves right now. You and I are going to fight. He woke me up this morning. We were, I put my arm around him and he's kind of, he's kind of laying in this position, right? And he's looking right at me. He is like inches from my face. I roll back over after I've I've gone to the bathroom. I'm all comfy and everything. And all of a sudden he just,
Curly Kirk does not take call-ins. Of course he doesn't. I take call-ins. 917-830-4359. The phone lines are indeed open. It was a... I get up this morning. I gotta go to the bathroom at like 7 o'clock. All of a sudden, Smokey's got the zoomies. Maynard's like... And I lay back down and Sock smacks me on the head. I was like, what the fuck is up with these cats this morning? It was upsetting to me. But anyway. Guys, um... Someone didn't put their uh, chicken wings in the oven. They actually put their baby in the oven. A woman has been arrested after putting her baby in the oven. Apparently, Sparkles has some good uh, recipes if you guys uh, if you guys need one. An Irish basketball team won't shake hands with the Israeli basketball team. Wonder why? Oh, it's just another day. It's just another day in mass shooting USA. I guess I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't know if it was a mass shooting or not. I believe at least one person is dead after a shooting in a church earlier today. Recipe for babies. Oh, uh, like a driverless car was vandalized in San Francisco. I believe we've got video of that. And then I got some NFL-related bullshit. A Nevada solo farm is actually going to be powering the Super Bowl 100%. 100%. It's a green energy milestone. Now, of course, this is happening as over 1,000 private jets will be flying into Nevada, so... The NFL doesn't like what Christian quarterbacks are doing. Apparently, the two starting quarterbacks tonight are Christians, and the NFL don't like it. Been a lot of discussion about Travis Kelsey's current girlfriend, but did you know that his ex-girlfriend was apparently partying with the 49ers? Why do I even... I'm getting really tabloid with this shit, aren't I? It's the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees and a whole lot freaking more tonight on the Troll Patrol Live. Good evening. Venus! A recipe for babies, goddammit. You're not a good atheist. Quesadilla, good evening. You're not a good atheist if you don't partake upon the flesh of virgins. I do believe Taylor was in Japan on her tour. So it's possible that Taylor coming back here for the Super Bowl after coming back here for the Grammys the other night and then going back to Tokyo, she's probably jet lagged. Not to, not to make excuses for a fucking snobby ass billionaire that I don't give a shit about. 
I this is this is one of the least uh, this is one of the Super Bowl halftime shows that I'm least excited for. This is this is like Maroon Five to me. I'm I'm like I'll watch it. I'm gonna. Where's all the rest of my Super Bowl memes? I'll watch it. It doesn't mean I'm gonna like it. Uh, Katy Perry, Usher, Katy Perry, and Maroon 5. Those those are some of the least exciting Super Bowl halftime performances. We're going to talk about Adele later on in the show. And if Adele was available, why was she not the Super Bowl halftime show? I would have appreciated that. I, uh, it was supposed to originally be Lizzo, for those who do not uh, know. I thought I had more Super Bowl memes. I do I do not, actually. Never mind. Could have sworn I shared out a Banger Usher meme. For sure. That's cool she carries around. Like, apparently she pays her staff well. Oh, you would... You would be taking... Even even streaming it on Kick. I still don't... I'm still holding out my opinion on Lizzo, right? Because it's three dancers are suing her, accusing her of racism and sexual assault with a banana. But also, um, like, 18 of the other dancers have come out and been like, she's been wonderful to us. Or sure. Well, that's what Ludacris says in the song. Calls her, calls him Usher. But just, just because the... Here's the thing about, like... It is a he said, she said... But, like, the 18 dancers could have had a wonderful experience with Lizzo, and Lizzo also still sexually assault the other three. The two things can coexist at the same time. So that... It's a, it's a tough situation. You want to you wanna believe victims, but also, like, Lizzo has been a, a force for good in the world, I want to I wanna, I wanna think. In terms of empowerment, anytime, anytime I had a female in my life that would get broken up with, she, was, she had a broken heart, I'd be like, go listen to some Lizzo. Get you some empowerment, girl. Taurus. For sure. Okay, so I saw I saw a quote from Usher where he was talking about the way he realized the weight of the moment that was on his shoulders, right? He was talking about how, you know, fucking 70 years ago, 80 years ago, black artists had to sneak in through the back door, come in through the kitchen to go and perform, and now he gets to be the the uh, Super Bowl halftime show. And like, I think that's awesome and that he acknowledges the weight of that moment. But then he's doing that 
all this history and that weight, and then he's just going to give us the most annoying rapper of all time saying yeah 70 times and Justin Bieber. So it's, I, I find it amusing all the way to that moment just to give us Justin Bieber and Little John. Libra Tad, good evening, welcome. And then I saw, I'm pretty sure it's satire, but I saw, I saw somebody else post that uh, Lil Nas X was going to be joining him for a tribute to Toby Keith. And I laughed my ass off about that. I can't get my mic right. I gotta, I gotta get a new board here soon. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to it. There is a, there's a story everyone's talking about today. It's just another day where everybody's, <laughs> shit, hold on. Got to go to a different browser here. I I need to I like just do Brave or something and have to quit with the shuffling browsers. I don't know. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna reformat my hard drive. I'm gonna set things up. Justin, good evening. Another day in Mass Justin USA. It's another day and everybody talk about Taylor Swift USA. Taylor Swift has safely made it to Las Vegas. For Super Bowl 2024, Taylor Swift is ready for kickoff. The 14-time Grammy winner <laughs> arrived to Las Vegas on Sunday, hours before boyfriend Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs looked to defend their Super Bowl title against the 49ers. Didn't even know they won it last year. Swift touched down in Los Angeles. See, that's another thing. There have been all of these right-wing conspiracy theories around Taylor Swift and the NFL rigging Rigging the league just to make sure to, to get her and her boyfriend into the Super Bowl. But th this is a, this Travis Kelsey guy is apparently one of the best players of all time. One of the best players in the league, hands down. And the Chiefs won last year. So so apparently the, the conspiracy theory is they had to rig it for the defending Super Bowl champs to make it back to the Super Bowl. Right-wingers are morons. That's what I've heard. I don't I don't know shit about football, but uh, Puzzle Bitch one night gave me a whole rundown about like how for for Kelsey's age, how good he was. And how, like, how he was on his way to beat records that have stood for years, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's, it's wild. <laughs> Swift touched down in Los Angeles on Saturday after a lengthy journey from Tokyo, Japan, where she performed four shows. See, that's what I was saying. She, she flew from Tokyo, so it's, if you think she looks drunk, she may just be haggard. He is now the record holder for receptions. As a, and apparently he's still really young, right? Also, good evening, Richard. Happy to see you. The 34-year-old pop star who had been dating the Star Chiefs tight end. Also 34 since the summer. Is expected to sit in a suite for Super Bowl 2024 with her family and Kelsey's. 
Yeah, I had somebody tell me that apparently, like, he has redefined the way they're going to play tight end. Like, for future tight ends. Like, it, like he's redefined the game. We are so, I'm glad to know that Taylor Swift has made it to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, a Nigerian banker and his family did not make it to Nevada for the Super Bowl. We are following developing news now. The CEO of one of Nigeria's largest banks was killed in yesterday's helicopter crash. Near killed? Border. A total of six people died when the helicopter went down in the Mojave Desert. KTLA's Annie Rose Ramos live in our news center with the latest information. We're I think they call that getting Colby'd in California. What's our playback settings here? What the fuck is this shit? learning about those victims and also the investigation. Annie Rose. Lauren and Megan, good morning to you both. Well, two pilots and four passengers were in that helicopter that took off from Palm Springs Friday night, crashing in the middle of the Mojave. Among those killed, the CEO of one of Nigeria's largest banks and his wife and his son, all on their way to the Super Bowl. All right, we want to bring up a map here of exactly where this happened so you can check this out. The helicopter going down just... If we ever got to the point where we erected the boards, I feel like he'd be one of the ones that we'd be putting under, so maybe no great loss. South of Interstate 15, about 75 miles north... That's horrible of me. ...of Barstow. It took off from Palm Springs Airport around 8.45 Friday... Thanks, good evening. To Boulder City, Nevada, outside of Las Vegas. According to victims' friends, the passengers were headed to the Super Bowl. The NTSB now investigating if weather or any other elements could have been a factor in this crash. It was reported by witnesses that there was rain with some wintry mix. We are aware of media reports of some downed power lines near the accident site. We will be looking into this report. Right, the six victims were flying in a helicopter made by Airbus model EC-130. The flight was operated by Orbic Air. It's a charter company based out of Burbank Airport. Orbic Air posting this video to Facebook two years ago of the same helicopter. However, however we can't confirm whether it's the same one involved in this crash. Looks expensive. Passengers inside the aircraft include the helicopter's crew, a pilot and a safety pilot, and the passengers. 57-year-old Herbert Wigway, CEO of Access Bank, who was traveling with his wife and his son. The fourth passenger, Bamufin Ogunbanjo the former chair of the Nigerian Stock Exchange. Now the president of Nigeria posting this message to social media, saying I am shocked and deeply distressed by the news of the passing of Mr. Wigwe, along with his wife and son and Mr. Ogunbanjo. Others calling the death of Herbert Wigwe a terrible blow for Nigeria and Africa's banking industry. The NTSB now looking- I'd go to their orgy. Who might have seen- Kind of cute. Fiery crash. Uh, as far as we know, uh, from what was reported from witnesses, that there was fire uh, when the aircraft did contact. contact. There were uh, several 911 calls last night to report the crash from Interstate 15. And we'd like to ask any of those people that had witnessed that if they would reach out to us with any further information they may have, such as photos or anything of that sort. Now, according to the NTSB, who says they're just starting this investigation, the aircraft did not have a cockpit voice recorder or a flight data recorder. And that is because those devices were not required on this type of aircraft. Lauren?
Oh, it's going to be hard to figure out what happened then, isn't it? But at least Taylor Swift made it to the Super Bowl safely. And she had the much longer route, too. We'll go ahead and hit the content warning for this one. Warlord skipping out to go watch the halftime show. I thought you didn't even care. I'm just going to watch it on YouTube later. You know it's going to be up there. Like Pepsi themselves will put it on the YouTube. We're getting a lot of plane crashes, a lot of smaller vehicle crashes as well. Helicopters, single engine planes and shit. I'm, I like, I love live music, so I'm going to watch it, but like, I'm jaded. I'm jaded. I'm not a fan of Usher. I will say after watching the John Oliver about uh, Chuck E. Cheese and he played the video of the animatronics doing uh, Love in This Club, I'd forgotten about that song. That song's catchy as fuck. It's been in my head for like the entire week. DJ Dub, I love you. I love all of you. Don't think don't think I'm leaving anybody out. It's a big love fest. You would all be invited to the Wargy. <laughs> Maybe one of these days we'll make that happen. We'll do a freaking meetup. Oh, condoms. God, I'm horrible. You live in sexual anarchy. The who would be on the higher end of my what, like C tier, B tier, or whatever. Super Bowl halftime performances. Middle of the road. I'm I'm gonna go Prince. I'm gonna go Michael. I'm gonna go Lady Gaga. And probably Beyonce. That YouTube performance where they had the just be just because it was like it was right after nine eleven. They've got like the names of all the victims, like on like a waterfall thing in the back, and it was really cool. Thinking Super Bowl performances over. We watched last year when I was on Twitch. We watched Super Bowl performances, and it was a lot of fun when we when we could still do streams and watch shit like that. 
I think that was the first time I'd seen Madonna's, and it was all right. Like Dr. Dre's, it'd be up there. It'd be in my top ten. Friends is definitely hands down the best. If you haven't seen it, it is on YouTube. I would, I, uh, once again, I would have much rather had uh, Lizzo this year than Usher. I'm a huge Lizzo fan. Psychedelic rock. I don't, what, what, there, are, there aren't any real psychedelic rock bands anymore that are big enough to play the Super Bowl. Because there's, there's not even really any psychedelic rock bands that are big enough to like, be big. All the ones like Jess and the Ancient Ones and Baroness and they aren't really fucking big at all. They're kind of underground. Things you could consider psychedelic. I miss it. I You can let the Smashing Pumpkins play. They're in some weird experimental phase right now. Who would you pick? The Doors? The Doors were definitely big enough to have played the the Super Bowl if the halftime show was the thing back then. I Adele would have been a great pick. I uh, maybe Adele had because Adele is at a Vegas residency right now, so may, maybe she was already committed to that. They couldn't get her to perform the Super Bowl. I mean, my pick for the greatest psychedelic band is the 13th Floor Elevators, but they're not, you know, they're, they're, they're not a, of stature. Warlord didn't even stay for the whole thing. He beast out. Welcome back. Oh, you've never heard of the 13th Floor Elevators? No, they're the inventors of psychedelic rock. They're out of Austin, Texas. They predate the doors. They predate cream. They are the inventors of the psychedelic sound. I didn't know them until um, Ghost. Ghost covers a Roy Erickson song. And Roy Erickson was the lead singer of the 13th Floor Elevators. That's how I went down that rabbit hole. Mind fucking blown. Song should you listen to? Um, step inside this house as you pass by. All right, we're going to get to, uh, he took off his shirt. He pulled a, he, what, what's the dude from Maroon 5? Hell yeah, George Clinton. Parliament Funkadelic. I love Parliament Funkadelic. God damn. Jug band. I want a jug band. Jug bands are fun. I'm not high enough for this shit. I'm not high enough for this shit. 
this happened. Whose nipple? Usher's nipple? Usher. <laughs> We're going to Texas. No one no no one should ever willingly say that. This situation's kind of fluid because this I'm I'm taking you to a live cut in from the local station. This happened at 420 this afternoon, and that would be an hour behind Eastern Time. So this was about three hours ago. So this is this is still kind of a fluid situation. A lot from witnesses from our reporters who are at the scene, but now we're getting brand new video just into the newsroom. This is video taken from a live stream that appears to be from inside Lakewood Church. The man on camera you're about to see is sharing details in Spanish of a service, giving people what looks like information on a website before you hear what could be gunshots. Take a listen. diagonal. 2024. You see his eyes get real big there right after he hears the initial round of gunshots, then seems to look away from the camera, looking back behind him. As soon as you hear those gunshots, guys, in that video, you see people sort of start to run and flee apparently down an escalator. That is video we're getting from inside Lakewood Church of the moments right after that uh, shooting uh, unfolded. Now, after these this types of incidents, as outside of Houston, our team starts uh, coving and scanning through uh, scanner traffic, those communications between law enforcement as these scenes unfold in real time. Our producers here have sifted through a lot of that traffic early, and we have a clip to play you of that police response communication between agencies. Take a listen. I think you need to you need Where are you at? Lakewood Church, Lakewood Church, Lakewood Church. Lakewood Church in Ralph. We need units at Lakewood Church. Active shooters. Now, two quick uh, thoughts on what we just heard there. If you pay attention, you listen carefully. I'm not sure if you heard it. You hear gunshots in the back of that communication as law enforcement is responding and calling in for backup. You also hear someone, an officer there saying active shooters, plural. At this point, we should know we are only aware of one official shooter. That information coming from the Harris County Sheriff's Office. But as you guys have mentioned throughout this coverage, this is a Houston Police Department scene. We hope to hear from them in about nine minutes at 4.30 where they will hold a press conference. Chief Finner, the mayor, uh, and everyone who's responded will be there to brief us. So once again, that happened about three hours ago. That, that news report was about three hours ago. We're going to get another hit. I think it's from the same station. They spoke with a woman who was inside the church, I believe. This is a witness. Describes the scene. Hey there, guys. Uh, this young lady just uh, came off a vehicle. I guess you were brought over after evacuating the church. We were escorted during the evacuation by SWAT team, uh, by the police, the local Houston police, and um, uh, also by the FBI. Okay. Describe what you saw and or heard. Well, we were leaving the service and Joel was meeting and greeting everybody right outside on the second floor where all this happened. And I was one of the last people 
Joel. This is a Spanish church. We saw the dude speaking in Spanish. This wasn't part of Joel Olstein's shit, was it? To meet and greet with Joel, uh, the pastor here. And um, I went into the ladies' room, and when I came out, I had... This is Joel Olstein's church. So I guess what we were seeing was just a... Doing like a like a Spanish localization. That's where we got the video from. Huh. Headed towards the nearest exit on the second floor, and I heard this like the bam, bam, like like uh, mechanical sounds. Like it almost sounded like folding uh, tables were being dismantled and dropped to the floor, and then there was like. Uh, but they were erratic, okay? And then there was another set of like, bam, bam, bam. And then all of a sudden it sounded, I, I stopped and uh, I looked at the entrance and people were screaming and scattering. And I went, oh, no, 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 no. This is not equipment being dismantled. There's something going on. We, we do have, wow. Oh my God. You guys are going to love this one. Holy shit, a woman, an innocent woman who walked inside of the church with a gun was shot and killed by an off-duty officer. Woman who walked inside. Investigators first, Mayor John Whitmire. I'm John Whitmire, mayor of Houston, Texas, and I stand before you today so it seems like the shooter didn't get anybody. There are two two injuries reported, but apparently an off-duty cop killed an innocent woman. Reports me to report on a tragedy that occurred just before two o'clock at Lakewood Church as they were in between services. I'll leave the details of the first responders' reaction in a timely fashion to the chief's Fenner and Chief Pena. He's not. Houstonians and surrounding communities to know that the first responders are doing their job in protecting the public, Houstonians, and surrounding communities. I also want everyone to know that this is an ex a perfect example of the collaboration between departments. Is exactly what. Oh, is this motherfucker gonna brag? HPD, constables. I could just go through a list of multiple agencies representing their agencies in a very responsive way. We want to give our condolences to Reverend Osteen and his congregation. It's unfortunate on the day that we want to attend church. Well, I thought this was live, but I don't think it is. I think this is it's not it's not gonna this was the headline of the, the woman who walked inside the Lakewood church. The gun was shot. Uh, I have comments from Olstein. We can, we can get to here in a second. This is a, this is a woman describing the scene. Sorry to keep interrupting her, but I thought, I thought that one was important. Hey there guys. Uh, this young lady just, uh, came off a vehicle. I guess you were brought over after evacuating the church? We were escorted during the evacuation by SWAT team 
uh, by the police, the local Houston police, and um, uh, also by the FBI. Okay. Describe what you saw and or heard. Well, we were leaving the service, and Joel was meeting and greeting everybody right outside on the second floor where all this happened. And I was one of the last people to meet and greet with Joel, uh, the pastor here. And uh, we'll hear from him in a second. I went to the ladies' room, and when I came out, I headed towards the nearest exit on the second floor, and I heard this like the bam, bam, like like uh, mechanical sounds, like. It almost sounded like folding uh, tables were being dismantled and dropped to the floor. And then there was like, uh, but they were erratic, okay? And then there was another set of like, bam, bam, bam. And then all of a sudden it sounded, I, I stopped and uh, I looked at the entrance and people were screaming and scattering. And I went, oh, no, 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 no. This is not equipment being dismantled. There's something going on. And then I saw a gentleman, uh, I'd say late 20s, early 30s, but I couldn't get a look at his face. But he was like standing like this, and he had, it looked like a pistol because it had a long, had a long pipe on it, okay? And it was like, and he was pointing in the, not the opposite direction, but like, at an angle to me. You think he was one of the shooters oh, or the shooter? He had to have been because there was a gun. There was a gun in his hand, okay? And he wasn't an officer? No, 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 no. He was dressed in normal clothes. I couldn't describe it because it happened so fast. I just saw him, you know, near the entrance and he was standing like this, like almost, you know, the feet apart and he was like, like this. I mean, evidently that's where the shots were coming from. I don't know how, how long you've attended Lakewood Church, but to have something like this happen Two here. Weeks. Two weeks. I here from Los Angeles. I've always wanted to come to this church. But you know what? Uh, I've seen enough movies that I knew we weren't supposed to scatter. We needed to go to the nearest kind of um, uh, cover, you know, like, like they have big pillars in there. So instead of going straight towards the shooter, I turned around and started running with the rest of the people. But then all of a sudden there were very few people. And then I saw a room off to the side called New Beginnings, okay? And it was an info room I'd been to before, and one person- New Beginnings is a drag bar in the town I went to college in. Person was going through, and one door was locked, and I went, oh my God, I've gotta get in that room. And then the other person opened it, and I followed them in. We hid about uh, 10 of us, 10 adults, in a closet, um, and uh, there was one child in there and uh, no vent, but we were all praying, and um, we were thankful that it, it, it could have been worse. We could have been a casualty. We could have been shot. Have you heard anything? I did not uh, been shot. We just heard uh, that there were two shooters. One was a woman and one was a man. I didn't see the woman what? and I didn't get a good look at the guy, okay? I just know that he was holding a gun in his hand and. It was extended and he was pointing it towards the crowd. Are you willing to share any of your prayer? What so she is saying that there were two shooters, a woman and a man. What did you pray? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we pray, you know, um, God, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy names. But we also, um, um, I'm a prayer warrior. So for me to pray is, is our greatest weapon. 
that we can use during any type of circumstance or situation or crisis. And uh, people were, uh, there were women in there crying and I uh, wanted all of us to just feel a sense of peace and protection. Thank God there were two huge big wooden slats. We put those across the door. Nobody was freaking out to the point where, you know, they were being physical. And there, yes, emotions ran high, but the prayers, all of a sudden, a peace seemed to come over the room. There was no vent. We're all in there like sardines. And all I can tell you is, is that honestly, there was a sense. The police say that it was a woman between 30 and 35 years old entered the church with a trench coat armed with a long rifle and that she had a small child with her. When she opened fire, two off-duty officers working at the church shot and killed her. The five-year-old boy that was with her was also shot taken to the hospital in critical condition and a 57 year old man was shot in the leg so she was wrong about two people it was a woman and a small child now that this does not fit the MO the usual MO in these situations a woman 30 to 35 years old entered the mega church in a trench coat armed with a long rifle she had a small child it was apparently five-year-old a five-year-old boy with her two off-duty officers working at the church shot and killed her so perhaps perhaps that was the woman that entered the church that we were talking about. Perhaps she wasn't innocent. Perhaps this was the woman that was being described in the story. Woman in a trench coat armed with a rifle and a small child. She was armed with a rifle and a small child. Armed with a rifle and a small child. Sense of peace and people were starting to smile. I have a feeling this won't dissuade you from coming back. Absolutely not. Um, this is a sign of the end times and this is happening all over. The people that were standing next to me were from Miami. They just flew in. They had delays on their flights and they wanted to get here on time. And they were able to make the 11 o'clock uh, um, service. And this was their first um, interaction but they felt the same way they said in south miami it's gotten really bad people just walking up and shooting people that are sitting at the restaurants in broad daylight i moved here from beverly hills and um uh i was there when rodeo drive they were breaking you know people were just breaking in willy-nilly into all the uh, chic boutiques there and nordstrom's there in topango was broken into in broad daylight and the staff are just standing there and the police didn't want to get shot Come on, man. so they didn't want to intervene and uh. they so that was understandable. But well, you know what I'm really impressed about is look at all the teams of people that here in Houston. We've got the constables. We've got the local police. Houston. Oh, yeah, for Olstein's church, I'm sure. We've got uh, constables and we've got sheriffs. They came out in full force. Olstein's church, absolutely. 
And sorry for the confusion. That was another reason why I wanted to couch it. Uh, in the fact that this is a fluid situation. It only happened just a few hours ago. Here is Joel Olstein's comments. Thank Chief and the Mayor and Chief Penny and all of the, the these men and women did an amazing job. And it's just, you, you said it, Chief, it could have been a lot worse. Of course, we're devastated. I mean, this we've been here 65 years and have somebody shooting in your church. But, you know, we don't understand why these things happen, but we know God's in control. And we're going to pray for that little five-year-old boy and pray for the lady that was deceased, her family and all, and, and the other gentlemen. But I don't know. It's just... Uh, kind of in a fog, but, you know, just believe that, you know, we're, we're going to stay strong. We're going to continue to, to move forward. And there are forces of evil, but the, the forces that are for us, the forces of God are stronger than that. Yes. So we're going to keep going strong and just, uh, you know, doing what God's called us to do, lift people up and give hope to the world. Again, I want to thank all these gentlemen because, you know, I can only imagine if it would have happened during the 11 o'clock service. We were in between services going into the Spanish service. So, you know, if there, you know, if there's anything good of it, you know what? They're, they, 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 she didn't get in there and do a whole lot worse damage. So we thank God for that. He's watching over all of us. And as the chief says, we're going to keep going strong and bringing hope to the world. But thank Bringing hope to the world. I, I predict that one day Matthew McConaughey will play Joel Olstein in a biopic. And do a damn good job at it as well. Just want to throw that out there. Maybe, maybe something's going on with women. Women, women in the Midwest are having a bit of a bad day. In Kansas City, ironically, one of the teams in the Super Bowl I guess a woman was getting ready to put her buffalo wings in the oven and she accidentally put her kid in the oven a baby dies after the mother put her in the oven sorry sorry I didn't realize uh kind of mistakenly puts her in the oven. I... How do you mistakenly put a kid in the oven? An infant has died after her mother mistakenly put her down for a nap inside an oven on Friday. The baby girl was pronounced dead at the scene. Charges announced on Saturday, Mariah Thomas of Kansas City was charged with endangering the welfare of a minor. Court records do not yet show if Thomas has an attorney. Good evening, Socialist Aunt. Hopefully that's the most horrific story we're going to cover tonight. Hopefully we're done with all the fucking shitty-ass news. And everything's just kind of like mocking Republicans and... doing pop culture. Just the cooking show! Where a woman mistakenly... 
put her baby in the oven. This is right after we covered a woman in a trench coat armed with a rifle and a child went into a church and opened fire and was killed in Texas. A stress armed with a baby. I'm sorry, not a baby, a five-year-old. I have a problem doing like my, my my best friend's kids. Like he's like six now, and I still call him like Baby Q. I'm like, oh wait a minute, wait a minute, he ain't a baby no more. I really gotta stop doing that. It's in, it's infantilizing to the kid. It's like you look at him now, he's like he's a big man. Like oh shit, how'd you grow up so fast? Sorry, I got off on a tangent there. Uh, let's do, uh, I don't know. This one might be tragic depending on your affinity for the well, we do want to Secretary of Defense. Remember um, well, Mr. Lloyd Austin who, well, he had ball cancer, right? He was hospitalized for was ball cancer ball cancer or colon cancer it was one of those yeah apparently emergent bladder issues is what he's having now has been hospitalized again well we do want to turn your attention away from super bowl for just a moment they're letting you know right off the bat that he's been hospitalized because he got in some real hot water about not letting anybody know the last time he was hospitalized but i still don't know how i feel about that it's not like it's not like the government can't function with without the secretary of defense for a few days I, I, I really don't know what the, what the fuss was about. We're following some breaking news right now. Let's pull this up. This is from Fox's Liz Frieden, who is a Pentagon reporter here. She went out to say this. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is at Walter Reed for an emergent bladder issue. This is according to the Pentagon press secretary. Let me tell you, I would give anything in the world to have an emergent bladder issue in Dan Crenshaw's eye pussy. And then I hold. In a statement, the Deputy Defense Secretary, Joint Chiefs of Staff, White House, and Congress have been notified. We also have a statement here from the Pentagon. It says this. Today at approximately 2.20 p.m., Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin was transported by his security detail to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center to be seen for symptoms suggesting an emergent bladder issue. The Deputy Secretary of Defense and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff have been notified. Additionally, White House and Congressional notifications have occurred. At this time, the Secretary is retaining the functions and duties of his office. The Deputy Secretary is prepared to assume the functions and duties of the Secretary of Defense if required. Secretary Austin traveled to the hospital with the unclassified and classified communication systems necessary to perform his duties. We will provide an update on his condition 
as soon as possible. This this is a cosmic ball kicking. He's kicking authority to get more information. Of course, this comes uh, following a a journey of hospital visits uh, from the end of December into January. And so there were a lot of concerns here about how this was handled, uh, why it was withheld from the White House staff, from the American people. And so we're now learning that the Secretary of Defense is back in the hospital. You're hearing there in that statement that they are saying at the Pentagon that this is not going to have an impact. He's going to be able to retain the functions and duties of his office, though. Naturally, this uh, will lead to a lot of concern and question. It's going to lead to a lot of uh, hand-wringing by right-wing media. Uh, especially, especially the narrative that officials in the Biden administration aren't fit to... Democrats first democracy that do their duties in 2024 which I mean they might have a point gonna go watch the Super Bowl I um apparently the halftime shows already happened I thought if I got off stream fast enough I'd watch the halftime show I hooked up my I hooked up my um Antenna. I've got a I've got an antenna that attaches to the the back of the TV to give me the, the over there channels. And uh I tried to watch I was going to watch Smackdown on on Fox last night. Border control. What's up? Welcome in. Good evening. I'm Justin Freakin. We talk about politics news absurdity predominantly covering the most idiotic things going on in the world of politics news current events here's senator kennedy saying uh, how much he loves cock i can't wait to have your cock in my mouth i'm going to give you the blowjob of your life then i want you inside of me yeah, always, always, always uh, uh, serving up that life advice for you. Life is too short to walk this earth for a crusty asshole. Wash your ass. I don't know if I like ratchet rap. I like like the the song she does with Taylor Swift is all right. It's it's definitely catchy, but I don't like. I'm trying to get into like sexy red and uh, uh who who's some of the other ratchet rapper women. You see a lot of their videos. They're in like a Seven Eleven parking lot. I don't know if I'm into it. Like I love, like I love the spirit. Yeah, girl, go out there and, and rap about uh, fucking all these dudes. Just like I, I, I don't like the sound. I don't like the sound of it. I d- and I don't know if I'm just. I'm finally getting old. I'm getting ready to turn forty. I've tried to keep up with music through the, through all these years. See, I like I like Cardi. I like Megan. 
I got a couple of little little Kim songs I still jam to this day. I just I don't know if I like the ratchet rap sound. Did I hear about the streamer who asked children to flash after making them say they were a different age? No. I hate streamers. I hate all streamers. Every single one of them, including me. You should never get your information from any streamer. All all this shit is is for entertainment purposes only. Don't oh, like do not uh do not get your opinions from people on the fucking internet. That's stupid. Like don't even believe the shit that I tell you. Like we do we do some hard fucking news on this show. Double triple fucking uh quadruple fact check me. Cause like I don't know what I'm talking about half the time. Most people don't know what the fuck they're talking. I know what I'm talking about more than most people know what they're talking about that are doing this shit. And I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, it is scary to me. Well, he sounds like a dickhead, and I, I don't give a shit. That's, that's not the kind of content we do over here. We mock the news. Well, I mean, don't go like I'm not telling you to go to like the like some dude on a soapbox out here on the on the town square, like preaching some conspiracy theories to you. like the people that set up in front of the White House and shit. Don't go get your news from them either. <laughs> read a fucking book. I want people to read books. Like, I don't, like, the only time I watch this shit is when I'm on this show. Shelly, you snuck in here, and I did not tell you good evening. How are you? You you missed the, the hardcore shit in the show. The mass shootings. The woman cooking her baby. <laughs> we're, we're, we're on to the bullshit part of the show now, so you're good, Shelly. Tulsi Gabbard went on to Fox News and proclaimed that Democrats are acting like dictators. Democrats first democracy. That's what we're up against in 2024. There seems to be a plan in place, according to Matt Taibbi, to stop Donald Trump again and take down any other candidate who stands in their way to to maintain control of the White House. There is a plan to take down Donald Trump again. It's called losing the election. He has lost the popular vote twice. Three million the first time. Almost eight million the second time. There's no reason to believe that he will he will win it a third time. It's just absurd. Now, however, the scary part is is Joe Biden can still win by four or five million and lose to Donald Trump, and that's a possibility. Uh, and that's gonna suck if that happens. Come on, man. Oh yeah, Trump totally cheated. I mean, I don't know if he, I don't know if he, he had the ability to cheat in 2016. You can make the argument that Russia helped. 
You can make the argument the FBI fucking helped him as well. Now, he did actually try to cheat in 2020. Like, like... But boldface. Anyway, back to... Is this Kill Me? Yeah, this is Kill Me. Kill Me talking about the anti-democracy Democrats. This, I'm sure that people on this channel have talked about how we're not actually a democracy. We're a republic. That's, that's what viewers of this network would say to you if you talk about democracy. But now, now Fox wants to defend democracies. Regarding who's running, ahead of the curve, as always, is Matt Taibbi. He asked in Racket News, something he founded, whether the fix is already in for 2024. Well, new reporting from the Washington Post tells us his instincts were right. The Democrats are pulling out all the stops to thwart third-party candidates at the very least. The DNC has hired a comms advisor specifically to counter any potential spoiler candidates. And there are many third-party contenders. And Biden-supporting groups are thinking up new coalitions to coordinate against the threat of the Democratic process. So when did the Democrats become so anti-Democrat or Democrat dick? Let's ask former Democrat, Lieutenant Colonel herself, Tulsa. Dustin makes a very good point that so far the economy shows no signs of letting now it doesn't feel like it's doing good, but by every metric it's doing quite well. I'm having no trouble finding, finding jobs at the moment. So I, it's still overpriced. The housing market is still out of reach for most people. So like, But by all the metrics, you know, the stock market and unemployment and GDP growth, the fucking economy has been doing incredibly well. So I don't know how that's going to shake out. But if it continues on the path that it's on, that is a win for Joe Biden. As, as Dustin said, another, another factor that I would throw in there is that... Um, Totally forgot the point that I was going to make. <laughs> I, I'm i high. Or maybe I'm not high enough for this shit. See Great to see you, Tulsi. Uh, I saw you training also, so yes. I know you're in top condition uh, mentoring your troops. First off, are you alarmed that a plan might be in place already to make Trump, not so much if he loses the... Uh, oh, the Democrats have overperformed in all of the polls for like the last four years. Democrats have outperformed the polls the last like four years. Donald Trump is animating, animating for Democrats. They are probably going to overperform the polls once again. And Democrats will, or uh, Democrats will be animated by the fact that Trump is on the ballot. Once we get to the actual general election, it looks like he is a lock. People don't start paying attention until the fall then sentiment will come out against Trump. However, once again, it's going to come down to fucking... It was 40,000 votes in three counties in 2020. Had 40,000 votes gone towards Trump in three counties, he would have won the Electoral College. That's insane to think about. Uh, not so much to beat him at the, uh, at the ballot box, but beat him, uh, beat him in a courtroom. 
Yes, it's extremely alarming. And I think that it's important to look at what they are doing now. They've got a plan in place for every phase of this election. They're acting as though they are dictators, and yet they're doing it in the name of democracy. When you look at, when you look at uh, what just happened in Russia recently, there was an anti-war candidate that stood up and said, I'm going to run against Putin. He's building a huge followership. What happened? The Kremlin said, nope, you're not allowed to be on the ballot. We look at what's happening here right now, how the Biden-Harris administration, the Department of Justice, all of these different entities are throwing everything they can, different states, at trying to keep we, the American people, from having the freedom to choose who we want as our next president, so, commander-in-chief. And Tulsi, I'm sure you've seen the polls. The president, uh, former president seems up by four or five points, winning in every battleground state except Wisconsin. But now we're seeing these... He's actually not. I don't know what poll Kilmeade is citing. He had been up in polls, but just like this past week, like it was like an uh, AP Ipsos poll, showed Biden up by a point. Headlines just about everywhere. Uh, Trump is a dictator. Trump will be used the military in dictatorial ways. And Liam Panero, William Cohen speaking out, saying what he's capable of, that democracy is indeed in the balance. I'm all, I know you have to campaign hard, but they're trying to put fear in the American people. Yes, yes. The irony is they are doing exactly what they are warning the American people that Trump will do if he is elected again. I just want to remind people, look back at 2016 when Trump was elected president. He would have had the opportunity to do exactly that. He could have gone and, and used our, our Department of Justice to go and throw Hillary Clinton in jail. Did he? No. No, he did not. He didn't do he these tried. things warning the American people about. So I think it's important for all of us to be reminded of the truth. Look he at tried. He tried to go after Obama. They're undermining our democracy and going against the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence that says we the people get to choose who we want to serve us as our president. So, you know, Matt Taibbi, I don't know if you know him, investigative yes. journalist. He's not on the right. He's certainly not on the left. He doesn't have that reputation. He's right for the Rolling Stone. But here's a quote from his column, which I found so alarming. He says, protect democracy. Democracy is already being canceled. For over a year, the Biden administration and its surrogates have dropped hint after hint that the plan for winning in 2024 against Trump or anyone else might involve something other than voting. The Biden campaign... And the thing that, like, the thing that gets him my goat about this is them claiming it's some kind of a conspiracy to keep Trump off the ballot. That that goes against all the wisdom of the Democrats. I guarantee you that Joe Biden wants to run against Donald Trump. They don't want to keep him off the ballot. The DNC likes the fundraising that Donald Trump brings in for them. Like, these people are goddamn... Del- to claim there's a goddamn conspiracy to keep Donald Trump off the ballot by the Democrats when the political arm of the government absolutely wants to run against them in 2024. Even Polls have shown that Biden will beat Trump and that other Republican uh, uh, candidates would fare better against Biden. They're upset at a criminal being prosecuted for his criminality. Not because the Democrats are trying to prevent it. Because the Democrats want nothing but to run against Trump. They would love it if Trump would just keep inserting himself into politics from now until the day he croaks. They've loved the fundraising he's brought in from these dipshit liberals.
and seemingly irreversible poll freefall, it's going to get worse, by the way, has put all its rhetorical chips on the protecting democracy, voters by voting, protect democracy. A politician who claims to be doing the job for, uh, for us is up to something. The group in the current White House. That Ivy is a stupid fuck. A word that belongs to you, meaning the American public. Right. They're taking it as them. And the people behind it, John Podesta and Mark Elias. Yeah. Yeah, they, they've been. Or he's really smart and grifting. Really sticks out to me most about that quote is they claim to be protecting democracy on behalf of the American people and the voters. And yet they are the very ones who are terrified right. that voters will go against them, take away their power and choose the person that they feel most threatened by, which is President Donald Trump. I want you to take a look at this uh, poll of Hispanics and blacks right now when asked about how they, uh, how they're, the, how they view the Democratic Party. In 2020, 66% approval, it's down to 47. Hispanics down to 12. Head-to-head, Trump and Biden. It was, I think, Trump or Biden plus one. Yeah. What's going on? Look, they, they are Americans like the rest of us. They feel the way that the rest of us feel, that these people who are in great positions of power, the most powerful positions in the world, are trying to take away our right to vote. They are just as concerned as the rest of us about the Biden-Harris administration's open border policy, the increasing and rampant crime in our communities and small businesses having to shut down. They are just as concerned as the rest of us about how... I, I called him a dumb fuck, but honestly, you know... Journalism is dying. You can't make a living being a reporter. And if you want to put food on the table, Matt Taibbi is doing what he needs to do. And it's a lot easier to be a right winger, too. Like, it's a lot less work. Let's let's all face it. Doing what Tulsi Gabbard's doing. Doing what Brian Gilmead's doing. It's a lot easier than, like, actually being informed on things. Almost every single thing costs more. Whether it's at the grocery store, yeah. rising inflation, and just basic cost of living. So it's not surprising to me to see that these different demographics mm-hmm. that the Democratic Party has relied on and frankly taken for granted for so long that, hey, they're on our team. We don't have to worry about them. Right. They are seeing the rest. They are seeing the same thing that the rest of us are. And first, are a, first a Democrat, now an independent. Would you ever consider joining Trump on the ticket? I would. I'd be open to that conversation. My goal and my interest Ah. is to serve the American people and bring my experience both Mm -hmm. in foreign affairs and having served in the military for over 20 years, uh, having served at every level of government in our own country to actually work to solve problems, the very problems that we are pointing out that are getting worse and worse under the Biden-Harris administration. All right, Pro. Who is platforming her? Who is pushing for her? I I don't get it. She always loses. They're not going to pick you as as vice president. That ain't happening, Tulsi. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were done with horrendous stories. I got to talk about it, don't I? I've tried to give it, like, just enough coverage i think i've done a good job of balancing because like i'm sure a lot of other streamers are talking about this constantly non-stop Chelsea does have nice hair i like the i like the little gray stripe sparkles has that i like that on her as well it looks very looks very cute the skunk strip
Ah, Sparkles would call it a skunk strip. And then she'd fart on your face. You're like, hey, like this skunk. She has nice hair. We can all agree she has nice hair. She's not a bad looking woman. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'd give her a titty slap. A titty slap! <laughs> Come on, huh? Honestly, I tried to find a woman jiggling from the side, and I just couldn't find a good one. So I wanted them to be stationary, and then the hand come down and smack them, and then they jiggle. I didn't expect it to take up the whole screen. Sometimes, sometimes you have to you work with what you got. I hate talking about this, but like, <laughs> that was my original, that's what I envisioned for it. And then when I started searching titties that I could work with, like just, there wasn't, there wasn't what I needed. Now, if I had a big tittied woman who would come over and let me take pictures of her titties, I might've been able to like make it, you know, myself and they are very juicy looking titties. Look at those titties, huh? We've now got even more breaking news in this story that I don't want to have to talk about, but I feel like I have to give it, you know, just enough coverage. I gotta, I gotta speak on it and, and inform people as to what's going on. Dozens have been killed in Israeli bombardments in Rafah overnight. The UN, the EU, and others have warned against Israel's plan to invade Rafah. We are getting ready to cross the 30,000 mark of Palestinians that have died since October 7th. Hamas is warning Israeli invasion of Rafah. This is the border crossing with Egypt. This is where Israel has told Palestinians that they should evacuate to, where they will be safe. This is to the south of the Gaza Strip. It's called the Rafa Crossing. That they are now bombarding after they said they wouldn't. Hamas is warning Israeli invasion of Rafa will torpedo truce talks Palestinian groups issue warning as Biden says Israel shouldn't invade without a credible plan to protect citizens I th- I Biden I don't think you understand exactly what uh BB's intentions are here Hamas has warned Israel that a ground offensive in Rafa would imperil negotiations on a truce and the exchange of captives and prisoners This is as U.S. President Joe Biden said an assault should not go ahead without a credible plan to protect civilians in the city. Aid groups and foreign governments, including Israel's key ally, the U.S., have voiced deep concern over Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's pledge to extend ground military operations into the far southern Gaza City. Rafa on the border with Egypt is the last refuge for Palestinians fleeing Israel's relentless bombardment elsewhere in the Gaza Strip. 
This is uh, in its four-month-long war. I don't like to call it a war. I call it a military incursion because a war fought between two uh, militaries, and there is not a military. This isn't any. This is like fucking the war on terror wasn't an actual war because we weren't fighting a fucking military. We weren't fighting a state. Rafah on the border with Egypt. It's the last refuge for Palestinians fleeing Israel's relentless bombardment elsewhere in the Gaza Strip, and its four-month uh, incursion against Hamas triggered by the Palestinian group's October 7th attack. Any attack by the occupation army on the city of Rafah would torpedo the exchange negotiations. A Hamas leader told the AFP news organization on condition of anonymity, Netanyahu has told troops to prepare to enter the city that now hosts more than half of Gaza's total population, spurring concern about the impact of displaced civilians. They're just going to go in and slaughter them, aren't they? A senior Biden administration official said on Sunday, negotiators working on a phased framework deal to release the remaining hostages have made real progress over the last few weeks. The hostage release deal was the main focus of a 45-minute telephone call between Biden and Netanyahu on Sunday, although there were still some significant gaps to close. It's pretty much there, an official said. Biden told Netanyahu the Gaza advance should not go ahead in the absence of a credible plan to ensure the safety of people sheltering there. Some 1.4 million Palestinians have crowded into Rafah, with many living in tents, while food, water, and medicine are becoming increasingly scarce. Netanyahu had told U.S. broadcaster ABC News that the Rafah operation would go ahead until Hamas is eliminated, adding Israel would provide safe passage to civilians wishing to leave. Safe passage to where? First about where they would go. Thank you. Thank you. And Yahoo said, you know, the areas we've cleared north of Rafah. Plenty of areas there, but we are working out a detailed plan. There's there's nothing left. I think I think the actions of this genocide that Israel is committing against the people of Palestine, I think it's going to make them a pariah state. I hope it does. I think we're getting there. Around the world, people are showing support for the people of Palestine. An Irish women's basketball team refused to shake hands with Israel. The Irish women's national basketball team refused. Do we have video? This is from The Guardian. They might have video. The player accused Irish rivals before match of being anti-Semitic, because of course they did. Ireland said comments were inflammatory and inaccurate. Ireland's women's basketball team refused to shake the hands of their Israeli opponents on Thursday amid outrage over accusations of anti-Semitism as the two countries faced off at the Eurobasket qualifier. 
Minutes before the match was set to start, Basketball Ireland said on social media that his players had decided to do away with the usual pre-match courtesies, uh, 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 linking the decision to earlier comments made by Israeli player Dor Saw. In an interview published on Tuesday by the Israeli Basketball Association, Saar addressed the upcoming match with Ireland. It's known that they are quite anti-Semitic, and it's no secret. Maybe that's why a strong game is expected. We talk about it amongst ourselves. We know they don't love us, and we will leave everything on the field, always and in this game especially. Basketball Ireland described the comments as inflammatory and wholly inaccurate and said it had reported them to the body that governs basketball in Europe. Basketball Ireland informed FIBA... Uh, Europe yesterday that is a direct result of the recent comments made by Israeli players and coaching staff, including inflammatory and wholly inaccurate accusations of anti-Semitism published on official Israeli Federation channels that our players will not be partaking in traditional pre-match arrangements with our upcoming opponents. It added that it fully supported the players' decision to uh, to shun courtesies such as exchanging of gifts and handshakes before and after Thursday's game. The players also lined up for the national anthem by their bench rather than center court. In recent weeks, the women's team had been wrestling with calls to boycott the match, which had originally been slated to be played in Israel in November, but was postponed and moved to Riga after Basketball Ireland requested a neutral venue. Several high-profile sporting figures had backed the call, with pressure on the players ramping up after the Israeli uh, Israel Basketball Association shared photos from a practice session that included a visit by soldiers from the IDF. This is them standing for the national anthem. Basketball Ireland said late last month that it had raised strong concerns about the fixtures with Ireland to FIBA Europe and that it had floated the possibility of forfeiting games. The organization said it had been told, however, that it could face up to 180,000 euros in fines and face expulsions from Eurobasket this year and in the tw- and in 2027 for doing so. The head of Basketball Ireland, John Feehan, said the penalties would be a, a ruinous blow to the team. Not only would we be out of the international competition for the next five years, but it would probably take us another five years to get back to where we are now. So in real terms, we'd lose a generation of players. Several players, however, opted not to travel to Riga for Thursday's encounter. Israel won the match, which was played behind closed doors amid cons- uh, security concerns. Following the loss, Ireland's head coach, James Weldon, praised his players over their incredible maturity and how they handled a very pressured week. He sought to sidestep questions over the pre-match formalities. I prefer to be talking about basketball and not this. We didn't engage in the pre-match activities as a direct result of those unwarranted and unacceptable comments from the Israeli camp about our players. It was hugely disappointed or disappointing. We came here for a game of basketball. We wanted to win, but we didn't come out on the right side of the result on this occasion. I am always against ethnostates. Always a bad idea. Democracy is always fantastic. No more ethnostates. This is gonna be this is gonna be another one of those stories where you fucks are gonna cheer it on. Cause I know you guys.
We get a different video of it here. This happened in San Francisco. A couple minutes into his Waymore ride, Robert. A driverless car was attacked in San Francisco. A couple minutes into his Waymore ride, Robert Moreno said the cool feeling of getting an invitation to ride on a driverless vehicle quickly shifted. And some, some panic set in. Um, just owing to the situation itself. On Saturday, Robert and his husband said a person who looked homeless was trying to cover the sensors of the vehicle as the light turned green. We felt trapped in the sense that we didn't know what to do in that instance. We didn't really have an, an understanding. Do we get out? Was it safe to get out of the car? Were you concerned for your safety? We were because of the situation. The vehicle didn't move, and minutes later, that person walked away. Waymo emailed them saying, in part, when a pedestrian attacks the vehicle, we advise riders to remain inside the vehicle. We looked into the potential of someone getting inside the vehicle. Now, when a Waymo is active, the door handles are hidden, as you can see. No one can get inside the vehicle from the outside. The only way to get in the vehicle is to click unlock. That's when the handles pop out. Scott Mora, UC Berkeley's faculty director for the Program for Advanced Transportation Technology, or PATH, explained why the Waymo vehicle responded the way he did. When those sensors are blocked, it's equivalent to basically someone putting a blindfold over the eyes of, of a driver and they're unable to move. Sensors and visibility are key. On Tuesday, in the Portrero Hill neighborhood, a cyclist was hit by one of these vehicles. In a statement, Waymo said in part, the cyclist was occluded by the truck and quickly followed behind it, crossing into the Waymo vehicle's path. When they became fully visible, our vehicle applied heavy braking, but was not able to avoid the collision. We're really relieved that it seems that the person's injuries were minor, but they very easily could have been much worse. There Is that Andy Dick? From Waymo seeks to put the cause of the crash onto the person who is biking. We studied the safety of AVs, and uh, it's not there yet. It's not human-level safe. As nope. Robert, he blames the challenges of the city, not Waymo. An experience like this um, it is, is a teaching moment. In San Francisco, Luz Peña, ABC7 News. I'm not sure if that was the actual... Was that really the... That was that was not the video I wanted to show you. I was like, that's not that's not an attack. That's not an attack on a on a driverless vehicle. This is an attack. PB girl. People getting fed up with these shits. Set it on fire. I think that's what they're trying to say. Let's not have these motherfuckers. And we begin tonight with that SFPD investigation after a Waymo self-driving car was vandalized and set on fire. Take a look at this. We first told you about this as breaking news last night at 11. Happened in the city's Chinatown neighborhood, which was already busy with people enjoying the Lunar New Year. Here's NBC Bay Area's Christy Smith. Fuck 
them fucks. Posted on social media show a driverless Waymo car in flames on Jackson Street in San Francisco last night around 9 p.m. Waymo says a crowd vandalized the car, breaking the window, and someone threw fireworks inside, which set the car on fire. The company says no one was inside the car. I heard about it within minutes of it happening last night. My reaction is, number one, this is terrible. Aaron Peskin is president of the Board of Supervisors. It is extremely dangerous. Soups. Buildings could have been lit on fire. People could have been hurt. Uh, and most importantly, this was the day of the Chinese Lunar New Year. This is one of the most important days for families. Uh, there were thousands and thousands. They're just having a bonfire. The events. Today, Chinatown was busy. The car was gone, but there are some signs of the damage in the street. It's not immediately clear why the crowd gathered in the first place. Police have yet to make any arrest. People say they were shocked to see videos of the incident circulating online. I was very surprised. I saw that. I said, what happened? Yeah. Shouldn't happen here at all. This neighbor found out about what happened after the fire was out. Yesterday was Lunar New Year's Day. New Year's Eve was fine. But uh, the day after. It's fine to do vandalism on New Year's Eve. We're totally, we're totally into that. Set fire to cars on New Year's Eve. Totally cool with all of us. If you do it on New Year's Day, that's where we draw the line. I like this guy. What happened? Yeah. Shouldn't happen here at all. This neighbor found out about what happened after the fire was out. Yesterday was Lunar New Year's Day. New Year's Eve was fine. But uh, the day after, other people are trying to enjoy themselves. Everybody comes down to Chinatown to celebrate. Going down to Chinatown. In part, the vehicle was not transporting any riders and no injuries have been reported. We are working closely with local safety officials to respond to the situation. It is the subject of an active investigation with promising lead. Christy Smith, NBC Bay Area News. We don't want them shits. The people have spoken. We don't want them shits anywhere near us. It's not a good idea. Who's who's winning the Super Bowl? Super Bowl. Is it the red team or the other red team? The red team or the maroon team? Ah, Taylor's winning. Okay, okay. This is the first Super Bowl that is going to be entirely powered by solar panels. A solar farm in Nevada going to be taking care of the duties. Super Bowl 58 is making history by going green. And we're not talking about the field. According to the host, Sunday's game at Allegiant Stadium will be the first Super Bowl powered entirely by renewable energy. Ben Tracy has more. Yes, we've got 621,000 panels that make up this array. The solar farm outside of Las Vegas may look like a shimmering mirage, 
but its starting lineup is more powerful than any in the NFL. This solar field right here would be big enough to serve close to 60,000 of our residential customers. Or a couple homes in one big stadium. And one big stadium. That stadium is Allegiant Field, home to Super Bowl 58. The Raiders say it's the first NFL stadium powered by 100% renewable energy, thanks to a 25-year agreement to buy power from this new solar installation owned by Envy Energy. Doug Cannon is its CEO. How much energy does it take to power Super Bowl Sunday? Yeah, so it'll be over 10 megawatts. That's about equivalent to 46,000 homes. Sustainability was front of mind as the stadium was being constructed. Raiders President Sandra Douglas Morgan says the stadium roof is made of a sustainable plastic material that allows in about 10% of daylight, but blocks all solar heat, so it takes less energy to cool the building. The grass field is moved outdoors on a rail system to get natural sunlight rather than using energy-intensive growing lights. And everything from grass clippings to food scraps and cigarette butts are composted or converted into other forms of energy. When you come to a game, you may be thinking about just focusing on the game, but when they hear that and know that we're being conscious of our environmental footprint, hopefully that guest will leave and have that same mindset when they go back home. This is our main electrical entry room. I'm fascinated by the fact they take the field out of the stadium. Raiders president Sandra Douglas Morgan says the stadium roof is made of a sustainable plastic material that allows in about 10% of daylight, but blocks all solar heat, so it takes less energy to cool the building. The grass field is moved outdoors on a rail system to get natural sunlight rather than using energy-intensive growing lights. And everything from grass clippings to food scraps well, now that might be like, they might have to, you know, like they have to cover the field anyway for events. Cause like you, you, you know, you want a concrete floor for the, for like concerts and shit. So I guess it makes sense. It's probably cause like fucking the grass maintenance is a big fucking deal just to fucking bloop it outside. I guess that's. That's, that's blowing my mind. It's all solar heat, so it takes less energy to cool the building. The grass field is moved outdoors on a rail system to get natural sunlight rather than using energy-intensive growing lights. And everything from grass clippings to food scraps and cigarette butts are composted or converted into other forms of energy. When you come to a game, you may be thinking about just focusing on the game, but when they hear that and know that we're being conscious of our environmental footprint, hopefully that guest will leave and have that same mindset when they go back home. This is our main electrical entry room. The stadium got a pre-Super Bowl visit from U.S. Secretary of Energy, Jennifer Granholm. The fact that renewable power can power a facility like this should speak volumes about what can happen in other communities. These white boxes at the solar farm house massive batteries that store renewable energy. So when the sun isn't shining, they still have five hours of power. It's one thing to power a Super Bowl, but do you have enough power for Usher? Absolutely, we have enough <laughs> power for Usher. The short answer would just be, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. While the moves on the stage and field will be memorable, you gotta get me fucking also make history. Lose my 14 cents. And ben Tracy in Las Vegas. That Maybe it was short enough. Jokes. All right. Josh and Chris. I like that. That was a good little piece. I'm glad we watched that. 
<laughs> but did you know that two Christians are the starting quarterbacks for tonight's game? At least the and the NFL don't like it. I have no clue who this dude is, but I'm, I have a feeling we're getting ready to hear some bullshit. 120 million people are projected to watch the Super Bowl this year, which makes this not only one of the most watched events of the year. Taylor! In particular, it has the potential to be one of the greatest God-glorifying events that we've seen. I don't know if I am pro-Taylor or anti-Taylor for the game. So, on the one hand... On the one hand, it would be fun to see all the Swifties get pissed off. And their disappointment would be really fun. But on the other hand, all the conservatives getting pissed off because Taylor won. That 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 would that would also be really fun. So like it's kind of a win-win, no matter who wins for, for me tonight at least. I feel like either way I get a fandom that's pissed off. And I get to I feel like I would like the conservatives being pissed off more, so I'm probably on, more on Taylor's side. So I kind of, I kind of, I kind of think I'm rooting for Taylor, but also the Swifties being pissed off would be kind of fun as well. I don't know. Fucking the sporty ball doesn't really mean anything to me. It's okay. If I get off here in time, I'll watch the end of the game. I guess I don't know. But this dude, this dude says we're gonna get some churching during the game seen in a really long time so let's talk about why and then we'll talk about why this matters so much so if you're a christian who isn't the biggest football fan you may be interested in knowing that the quarterbacks on both teams that are playing against each other in the super bowl this year not only both believe in jesus but are also two of the most outspoken christians in the entire nfl my christian faith plays a role in everything that i do like honestly i think it's just a testament to god and where he's taking me in life obviously he'll be on the huge stage in the super bowl that he's given me and i want to make sure i'm glorifying him while i do it when i believe that that Jesus Christ did come down and died for my sins and and rose again and I believe that it's not just some story fairy tale thing it's it's real the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs Patrick Mahomes no doubt has a God-given talent that he credits fully to Christ Mahomes is not only a prodigy who excelled at every single sport that he played and likely could have went pro in all of them but is now the undisputed best player in the entire NFL he's broken several records from the youngest MVP winner in NFL history to signing the largest contract in sports history for nearly 500 million dollars and when it comes to his faith, he says that he's now at a time where he's taken his faith more seriously than ever. I feel like I've grown in my faith over these last few years. I got a tattoo a tattoo about, about Eutychus in Acts 20 verse 7. It's about being half in and half out on, on God and the interpretation that I took from it. Um, and how you can't be half in and half, and half out. And so that was the Bible verse that kind of stuck with me that kind of told me. You go deep on your God. Among other things, Mahomes has also made it clear that no matter if he wins or loses, he can have peace because his identity is not found in winning, but in Christ. It's not about winning football games, it's about glorifying him. And I think that gives me the, 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 the I have no pressure when I step on that football field. I know why. Some people call that edging. Back the 49ers, Brock Purdy has a far crazier journey into the NFL. Purdy. Mahomes that he also credits fully to Christ. Now what's interesting about Purdy's story is that he's perhaps one of the most unlikely athletes to become so successful. After my senior year of college, so a year ago, I'm sitting there and I'm talking to you know Coach Campbell and my parents. I don't think he's very pretty. I don't know if this is gonna work out. I don't know if football's in my future. Like I don't know what it looks like. But and I'm not gonna lie, I had a lot of doubt. I had a lot of doubt of if football was even in the picture. And I was starting to get ready for 
whatever else God had for me in my life. But despite his doubts, Purdy still made it into the NFL, but only barely. Purdy was the very last person to be picked during the NFL draft, and after signing to the NFL, he was placed as the third string quarterback, meaning that he wasn't just the backup quarterback, he was the backup for the backup quarterback. He remained on the bench for his first year until the quarterback at the time, Trey Lance, broke his ankle, and the backup quarterback- I just want to say, like, this wasn't what I was expecting. Like, yeah, the, the god shit's kind of obnoxious, but this dude's actually doing a really good job of talking about, like, the these two quarterbacks. The video's well done and everything. I was I was planning on mocking this, and, like, you know, you can mock him for being like, ah, oh, the, the two godly quarterbacks, but the video's well done. ...also got injured. Only then did Purdy get an opportunity to play, and against everyone's expectations, he came out and he crushed it. He went undefeated in the rest of the regular season and secured himself as one of the best players. They, they call uh, Kelsey Mr. Pfizer. ...fully to God. Like, honestly, I think this is a testament to God and where he's taken me in life. Um, I've never been the biggest, the fastest, the strongest, or any of that. Um, but God's always given me an opportunity, whether that was in high school, college, and then obviously in the NFL, all you need is an opportunity and when watching and see what he does. You know, I put my faith and trust in him and he's gotten me where I'm at, so. But even before the fame and similar to Mahomes, Purdy made it clear that his identity and his value didn't come from being a football player or winning, but instead it's found in Christ. You know, whatever I'm doing, I know what my purpose is and that's in the Lord. That's what my identity is in. It's not a football player, or an athlete, anything like that. Um, it always comes back to this. And after his fame, he not only kept the same mindset, but it also seems that whenever he's in front of a microphone, he can't stop talking about Jesus. You know, I, I am who he calls me to be. You just led one of the biggest comeback, the NFC Championship game history. What was the key to the amazing comeback? He's a baby face. Oh, glory to God. Man, I just wanna, I just wanna be able to witness and defend the Christian faith as best as I can moving forward. So well, I'm a faith-based guy, so that's how I stay grounded. All right, so here's why all of this matters. As someone who was a convert to Christianity, I know how people like this can help to bring people to Christ. The reason why is because virtually all of us who at one time rejected Christianity, we did so because of some intellectual barriers, some emotional barriers, and lastly, some social barriers to the faith. I, I I do it because of logic. Often dealt with on channels like this and some churches, but the barrier that gets the most unaddressed is the social barrier. In order for us to have our social barriers removed, we need to find some Christians that we can look up to or want to be like, whether we're born into a Christian family or not. If we know some Christians or a Christian community that we can see ourselves being a part of, then that helps to remove the social barrier between us and us giving our life to Christ. For You're describing representation. Don't know any Christians that they aspire to be like? These athletes can actually serve as a way to break down that barrier. Given the fact that athletes like Mahomes and Purdy have millions of non-Christians who look up to them, when the non-Christians see them speak so comfortably and confidently about their faith in Christ, then they can finally see some Christians that they can identify with and aspire to be like, which can help to remove the social barriers that they have to Christianity. And this, of course, is good news for those of us who understand Top the good news of the gospel message. So with all we'll that being said, as our culture becomes food. more secular and drifts further away from God, we can rest assured that this Sunday, no matter who wins or loses, God wins because both quarterbacks will not only be using their platforms to talk about God and what God has done. Yeah, it's not anything to mock. Like, it is kind of like, it's sad that this dude's like this. The video's well done. And like, I, I learned something about the players. Like, it was a good, it was a good look at them. So...
I ain't got any, any real beef with you, dude. The, the, the hoodie's kind of fascinating to me. Only race via faith. I don't, I don't know what that means. I want to say he probably has some kooky beliefs, but he didn't really showcase them in this, uh, in this video. Unfortunately, that is, uh, not what I was looking for in a video. Justin fell. That's what I, that's what I get for not being a pre-watch Andy on that one. I do, I do have some coffee for you. Some tea, some tea. I meant some tea. I don't have any coffee anymore. Uh, Travis Kelsey's ex parties with the 49ers before the Super Bowl. So apparently that was his uh, lady before Taylor. Taylor Swift will be rooting for him uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, but Travis Kelsey's ex, Kayla Nicole, is cozying up to the San Francisco 49ers. Nicole, a sports journalist who dated the Chiefs tight end on and off for five years, was spotted in Las Vegas on the eve of the Super Bowl, partying with the wives and girlfriends of 49ers players. She could be seen in an Instagram story doing shots in a group that included Claire Kittle. I don't know who that is. Oh, the wife of 49ers tight end George Kittle. Yeah, this is way too... This is... <laughs> this is way too uh, tabloid, tabloidy for me. We have a picture though. Oh, I wanted to see her partying. I'm going somewhere with it. I'm going somewhere with it. Uh, Travis Kelsey's brother, who is a player for the Eagles. I just want I like to do stories that are topical to what's going on and it's the it's the superb owl tonight. That's not all we got left. We're gonna talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Adele in Las Vegas for her residency has Travis Kelsey's brother in the crowd and he makes an ass of himself. Oh, where's the where's the actual video of her? God damn it. Have the Chief fans here tonight? Yeah. Do we have the 49 fans here tonight? Yeah. Well, sorry, Chiefs, you're outnumbered tonight, aren't you? Brightly. But don't worry, this is a big loving, loving show, so you're going to get on. Eagle! Do we have, what did you say? Oh. Super Bowl, she said. <laughs> you sound drunk and like you're a football fan. <laughs> Do we have the Chief fans here tonight? Oh, yeah, she called, uh, she called. Travis uh, Kelsey's brother, drunk football fan. I miss Taylor's business. I hope we get. I hope we get some appeals. Maybe she's innocent. There's a podcast and she gets out. I don't want it to be the end of the Taylor's business story. The is that wrong of me? 
Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is out with this year's list of nominees, including first-time nominees Mariah Carey, Cher, Ozzy Osbourne, Lenny Kravitz, and the late singer-songwriter Sinead O'Connor. Other yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, that's... Well, those are cool with me. Ozzy's not already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Is Black Sabbath in and Ozzy's going to go in as a solo artist now? Like, seems odd. Mariah Carey, Mariah Carey. When she first came come out, like 92? How is Cher not already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? What the fuck is up with that? I'm a little pissed off about that. They're nominees who found themselves on the list before the Dave Matthews Band, Mary J. Blige, and a tribe called Quest. The new class will be announced in late April with the induction ceremony taking place in Cleveland this fall. Hey, thanks for watching. Don't miss the Today Show every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific. How can I be mad at Al? I can't tell him to shut up. Head to today.com. He's so infectious. Or click the link right here. I just, I, want, I just don't want the Taylor show. I don't care what it is. They find more bodies. And she goes through a whole nother trial. I just want more. I want more Taylor show business news. I want to be, I want to be able to cover more stories involving that woman. You think I could be your pen pal? Can I write? That would be great content, wouldn't it? I'm going to start writing to her in prison. I won't be pen pals with Taylor Shabusiness. Here's a cat riding in a, a shopping cart. He's got a little dress on. You think I can crack the case? I can get her out? No, get salted. Always salted. You thought I already were pimp out? No, I need to get on that. Is he hotter because he has a cat, Snicks? I wish hold on let me tell you what this dude's name is Lucas K. Larson Lucas K. Larson and his cat Nadia muscles are nice too uh, fair enough fair enough it's a nice beard the man with a cat and a nice beard. He's 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 got to be taken, Snicks. He's asking what he's asking what the kids like. I'd already picked this video. 
by the time I saw your penguin video. I liked your penguin video an awful lot, Warlord. That's for, that's probably Wednesday night's video. Oh no, no, no! I even I fucked up. I fucked up. This wasn't the video I wanted to do tonight. Yeah, yeah. What? Like it was even mislabeled. What the fuck? Hold on, hold on. Uh, this isn't it, but this should work. Because it's, uh... It's the Super Bowl. I'll play, I'll play that cat video again some other time. Uh, it's the Super Bowl, so I wanted to show you, uh... Puppy Bowl. Puppy Bowl. Tell us what's going on this year. I know uh, you have some very small competitors this year and one very large competitor. That's right. We've got Sweet Pea. It's our smallest pup ever, weighing in at 1.7 pounds. She can fit in the palm of your hand. And you'll see her in the first quarter because we have the smaller breeds in the first quarter. And then by the fourth quarter, when we have the larger breeds, you'll see Levi, the Great Dane, who at three months old is 72 pounds. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Three months old? Wow. Yeah, he's the entire offensive line. Our goal here is to showcase as many, as wide a range as possible of puppies, all adoptable, of course. There's so much interest in the dogs that they're seeing in the puppy bowl that there's more than enough people who are going to go out and adopt after the puppy bowl and adopt dogs even if they're not in the in the actual game. You nailed it. Um, not only do we have 100% adoption rate, and we expect the same thing after this this year's game. We have 131 dogs. We expect them all to be adopted. But the shelters oh. are working with 73 different shelters across the country this year. Oh, that's year, great, yeah. They are all, typically, they report a huge uptick in the interest for adoption throughout the year. And that's the whole point, is to kind of, you know, spread this spirit all year long. So, Dan, I understand that there's going to be some uh, renewed interest. I had the kitten bowl earlier today in my apartment. Um, <laughs> someone at home is going to be watching, watching Dad uh, out there refereeing. Thank you. Uh, she's right here. Oh, yeah, she was just waiting for her moment to pop on screen. Um, she is my assistant ref, and this is great because I've been asking for a ref for extra help for years. <laughs> the puppies have a very strong union, though, and they insisted that if I had an assistant <laughs> ref, they would also have to take over the control room, uh, take over the cheerleading squad. <laughs> what else? Uh, we have puppy camera people. Really, that's the great thing about Puppy Bowl 20. This year, you are going to see dogs everywhere. Pup ever weighing in at one wasn't enough. Dog. I want more dogs in the palm of your hand, and you'll see her in the first quarter because we have the smaller breeds in the first quarter. And then by the fourth quarter, when we have the larger breeds, you'll see Levi the Great Dane, who at three months old is. I want to see him. I want to. I want to see Levi the Great Dane. <laughs> oh 
There's your penguin parade. Can't get enough puppies. Puppiest. What a sweet baby. Team Rough and Team Fluff. Ah, uh, four, min four minutes left in the game. That's perfect timing on my part. That's about how much football I can stand. Perfect. Hopefully it's a good game. Tied, tied. That's a good game. I'll get off here. Go watch. Go watch some uh, Super Bowl. I guess. Go ahead. Light one up. Tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. Gonna be a special Troll Patrol on Wednesday night, Valentine's edition. We're gonna do all bullshit. No serious news on on Valentine's. Did I say everything? Yeah. Light that up. Tip one back. You know the rest. <laughs> 